Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of the Lover's Sword podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, and yeah, welcome. So um, today I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about um, what I was reading in the book of Matthew. Um, If you don't know, the book of Matthew is one of the books of the gospel and it details um, the life and teachings of Jesus. So a verse that I'll start with that I wanted to share is um, Matthew chapter 18 and this is verse 11. And it says, well, I'm starting at verse 11. It says, for the son of man is come to save that, that which was lost. How think you, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the 99 and go into the mountains and seek that, that which is gone astray? And if so, and if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. And then it says in verse 14, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And I'll stop there. And the reason that I chose to share that verse today specifically is because I was remembering what God had brought me out of. I was remembering how God brought me into life. I was remembering where I've come from. I remember how sad I used to be. I remember how I really had no real will to live. I remember how condemned I felt, how over my life felt, and um, all of those feelings and all of those things I was thinking about today. And then it led, led me to remember how God saved me, how God breathed life into places where I felt that my life was over, how I felt shame and condemnation, and how he came and showed me that he had already forgiven me, that he was not angry with me, but that he loved me and wanted to restore that relationship with me. And his desire was for me to be saved. And I read this and I think, wow, I was a sheep that had gone astray, just like this parable that Jesus talks about. And he rejoices more of that sheep that he rescued than of the 99, which did not go astray. And like, I really thought about that. Like I envisioned just a flock of sheep and one of them wandering off and getting itself like in a bind. And that good shepherd going and rescuing his sheep. 
and he rejoices more over that sheep than of his sheep that never went astray. And I just, I feel that message so strongly. God is rejoicing over you. You think that your life is over. You think that you messed up. That God, here you go, you have to save me again. Because I just can't get it right. And what you don't see is that he's rejoicing over you when you're finally saved. When you're finally back in the flock, in the fold. When he has you again. And that took me a while to understand because speaking from personal experience, and this is part of my testimony, I felt as if my life was over. Like I had failed God. I had failed myself. I had failed others. And I was feeling incredibly guilty. I felt dirty. And I I felt this incredible love for God. But I knew that I wasn't right. And I remember getting on my face to pray. And I cried out to the Lord and I said, Lord, I know. And I just confessed to him what I did. And he knew. God knows everything. There's nothing that you can do that's going to surprise him or going to catch him off guard. But I knew. I just knew. I knew I needed him. I knew I needed to just get right with him. And as I was there praying that, I remember just asking, Lord, if, if you're here, if you forgive me, I just asked him for a hug. And I kid you not, in that moment, I felt embraced. And I felt so comforted. And I felt God saying to me that he forgave me to just come back. And let me tell you, it took a while. Because there was things that in that moment, I didn't understand how. And frankly, I I just wasn't willing to give up at the time. But God was so patient with me and willing to work with me through everything. And I say all that to say that no matter where you are right now or what you're dealing with or what you're going through or what thoughts you're having, nothing that you've done is greater than the mercy of God. And there's nothing that he can't save you from. There's nothing that you can't be forgiven over. If you would just surrender it to him, come in humility and be honest, he will deliver you. He delivered me. (laughs) God is so, so, so good. I think of Mary Magdalene in the Bible. It says that she was delivered from seven demons. And one of my favorite, favorite stories in the Bible is um, when Jesus asked Peter, because um, let me see, I'm looking up the story now, sorry. 
So this is in Luke chapter 7. And it's when the sinful woman, and we know her as Mary Magdalene, um, comes and anoints Jesus. She pours out this oil. And that in and of itself is just such a beautiful thing. But it says, um, I'm going to read here from verse, whoops. Okay, I'll just, I'll read you the whole story. How about that? But a sinful woman anoints Jesus. Um, you can read about this in pretty much all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I'm going to read it from Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. It says, Then one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a sinful woman from that town learned that Jesus was dining there, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And I'm, I'm brought to tears reading that. And wipe them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet and anointed them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who this is and what kind of woman is touching him, for she is a sinner. But Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men were debtors to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay him, he forgave them. He forgave both of them. Which one then will love him more? I suppose the one who was forgiven more, Simon replied. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not greet me with a kiss but she has not stopped kissing my feet since I arrived. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she has loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. But those at the table began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus told the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And honestly, what a timely word. It's interesting because when I started recording this podcast, I asked the Holy Spirit to just kind of just lead. I would open my mouth to speak and really had this as a starting place, but God just gave me that while I was recording and whew, it just touched me so much. I love that. I think this is a wonderful parallel to the lost sheep, the parable of the lost sheep and this story here. 
of um, here in Luke, they don't name her, but I believe it's in the Gospel of John. Um, they name her as Mary Magdalene. And if you don't know, again, um, she was delivered of seven demons. And it said that she was um, a prostitute. Here, it just calls her a sinful woman. Um, but I love what this says. Here in the parable of the sheep, it shows the the shepherd rejoicing over the lost sheep because the sheep is rescued and back in where the sheep belongs in the fold under the care of the shepherd. And then in this story with the sinful woman who anoints Jesus' feet, it shows her giving back to the, the shepherd that saved her. So it's a parallel, God rejoicing over us and us giving back our worship to the God that saved us. I love it. What really touched me here is, I just love this. The part where it says, as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, like he's not even looking at her. She began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. I just kind of had like a vision of her behind him, just worshiping, weeping that, that weight when you know that this is the man, the person, the God that's going to save you, that has already saved you. Who will love him more? the one who was forgiven more. And that's why I love this so much because it it gives so much hope and joy to the person who has failed God immensely. And it gives you hope in knowing that God will forgive you even more and you can love him even more. And I think of that moment when I was on my face asking God for forgiveness confessing to him of how dirty and unworthy I felt and he came and he embraced me and he showed me that he had forgiven me and that he loves me and that he just wanted me to come back to him like the good shepherd here that rescues that sheep that went astray and I hope that just encourages someone today that even if you've gone astray there is a good shepherd who is looking for you to rescue you and who will rejoice over you when you come back he will not condemn you he will not shame you he will not lord it over you or hold it against you he will forgive you he will forgive you because he loves you and god is loving yes there is correction in love because love corrects those whom he loves so he's not he's gonna forgive you and he's going to tell you to repent turn from your sins and sin no more because he loves you and he knows that those things those sins they're not going to help you they're not going to bless you there is blessing and obedience and jesus said if you love me obey my commands so there is that as well But when you start to love God back, 
It says that you love because he first loved you. So when you start to love the one who loved you first, when you start to love him back, guess what? You start to hate the things that he hates. And you start to love him over the things that you once loved. You start to love him more than you love that sin. You start to love him more than you love to do those bad things. And you'll start to reject those things to bring in more time with God. Like, for example, I love God more than I loved, you know, going out to party because I was doing that to numb the emotions that I was feeling. And as I started to get into deeper relationship with him, he started to show me that I could give him those things. The word of God says, cast your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. So I started to give him my worries. I started to give him my fears. I started to give him my doubts. And in return, he would give me his peace. He would give me his love. And I started to experience a deeper relationship. The Bible says deep calls out to deep. When you draw near to God, he draws near to you. He literally says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Those are his promises. When I get into prayer, I say those things. I say, God, your word says that if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. So in this moment, I'm drawing near to you. And I have to be honest with you, even as I'm recording this right now, I feel the presence of God so tangibly, so heavily. I feel the peace. Honestly, I'm, I'm even just holding myself together because I seriously feel like I could just weep. And, and sometimes when I record things like this, I'll just delete it and not even upload it, but I'm going to upload it just for the transparency. I didn't know where I was going to start with this, but God has just kind of taken over and his Holy Spirit has led this whole podcast conversation that I'm having. And I know that whoever's ears will hear this, that God is going to touch your heart and he's going to mend areas of your heart and of your life where you felt broken and let me get through this where you have felt broken where you have doubted that he's there where you've had a hard time listening to his voice where you've had a hard time seeing him in your life he is going to restore those areas of your heart He is going to come and he's going to bring his presence into your life. He is going to mend you in those areas. All of the places where you have asked him questions, he is going to give you peace. All of those hollow places, he is going to fill it with his Holy Spirit. You just have to receive it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do a single thing. You don't have to lift a finger right now. If you would just receive his spirit, if you would just receive his word, if you would just receive his peace, he will give it to you. If you would just believe, that's all you have to do right now is just believe in him. And I have to say this, turn away from your sin. That thing that you know is not pleasing to the Lord that you've been wrestling with, release it, turn away from it and receive him. 
He already paid the price for you. You just need to receive it. He already paid the debt for you. You just need to receive it. Man, God is so good. I just feel his peace and his love all over this right now. Don't let your unbelief get in the way of what God is trying to do in your life. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, the disciples had gone out and they were healing the sick, casting out devils. And this um, father comes to Jesus and he says, I, I brought my son to your disciples. I'm paraphrasing. And they could not cure him. They couldn't cast the demon out of him. And Jesus says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then he asked for the boy to be brought to him. He rebukes the devil and the devil leaves and the child was cured and he was delivered. And verse 20 says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye because they asked him, why could we not cast him out? So Jesus is responding, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be moved, and nothing shall and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And that's the King James Version. So that's, <laughs> I have my Bible right here. Usually I try to read it in um, a new international version or, or something that has a little bit more plain English. But I want to tell you right now that because of your unbelief, but Jesus has this promise unto you. He has this promise for you. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move to the from this place to that place, and it shall be moved, and nothing shall be impossible for you. So before I close out, I want you to just keep that in your heart. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be moved, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So if you have faith, and you just reject that unbelief, Nothing shall be impossible for you. You can overcome everything through Christ who strengthens you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it. And so with that, I'm going to close out this episode of the podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Um, God is so good and his promises are yes and amen. And I just pray that this would touch you that as you listen to this, that you would allow God to heal you and restore you. That's what this is about. Restoring relationship with God, coming into his presence and allowing him to do what he has come to do. Because time is short and he is calling to those that are his to come back to him. 
And if you receive it, just say amen. Thank you all so much for listening. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Alrighty. Bye.